Chapter 18 We rode the fake basement back up, leaving the eerie golden world of dogs behind. So, we have a deal? Eric asked. You'll help us get the Pemelite Crystal, and then we'll fight alongside you to defeat the Yurks. Sounds good to me, I said quickly. Unless anyone else has an objection, Jake started to say. That's when Cassie interrupted. Eric, let's talk it over. It's a big decision. I was surprised, but not as surprised as Jake was. Then we heard a noise coming directly above us. (laughs) Oh man, I said. I knew that sound. We all knew that sound. Rachel, Cassie said under her breath. We were down there a long time, Jake said. Eric, I think a friend of ours may have come in to rescue us. Eric shrugged. I don't think it's going to be a problem. You don't know our friend, I said. The basement had settled back into its normal place. I tore up the stairway. Rachel, chill! I burst back into the utterly normal kitchen and raced into the utterly normal living room. The front door of the house had been ripped off its hinges. The couch was thrown against one wall. And there in the middle of the room, standing so tall its head scraped the ceiling, was a full-grown grizzly bear. (laughs) Rachel roared in rage and frustration. Frustration, see, because the chi who passed as Eric's father had her in a full Nelson. His human holograph arms were wrapped around the unbelievably massive shoulders of the grizzly, and he was actually holding the great bear still. He had pinned a grizzly so powerful it could literally turn a Toyota into an aluminum can. Okay, now I've seen everything, I said. You chi are very strong, Axe commented. This was the understatement of all time. Where have you been? Rachel demanded. I waited as long as I could. I figured you were dead or something. And if you don't have a good explanation, you will be dead. Oh, we have a story, all right, Cassie said. Rachel had calmed down and stopped roaring when she saw us. Now the chi slowly released her, and she began to change back out of morph. Jake looked embarrassed and started to pull the couch down. Um, Eric, this is our friend Rachel. It was smart of you to keep a reserve, Eric commented. To Rachel, he said, I hope you weren't hurt. How come you can wrestle a grizzly if you have to be nonviolent? I asked Eric. Of course, my father here knew she was not a true bear, and he only held on to her. He did not destroy her. If Rachel had been strong enough to win, my father would have had no choice but to allow himself to be destroyed. I laughed. I see why you want to change that. I expected Eric to agree. Instead, he looked a little sad. Yes, he said. Just that one word. We started to leave. I let the others get a few steps ahead of me. I pulled Eric over. Hey Eric, you were at my mom's funeral. I don't think I said thanks at the time. Eric looked away and bit his lip. Marco, there's something I have to tell you. I think I already know. My mother isn't dead. She's a controller. She's Visser 1. It was Eric's turn to be impressed. You guys have learned a lot. I shrugged. Is that why you were at the funeral? Did you know? Eric nodded. I knew. 
I might have been able to save her, if... I met his gaze. Too late to save her, I said. But payback is going to be very painful for those filthy slugs. On the way home, we filled Rachel and Tobias in on what had happened. It took a while. We were back at Cassie's barn before we were done. I say do it, Rachel said. That chi guy held on to me like I was a baby. They're strong. They have technology we don't. They've already penetrated the sharing. They would double our chances. End of story. No, not end of story, Cassie said, contradicting her friend. What right do we have to interfere and destroy the thousands of years of peace this species has had? Didn't you hear, Maria? No chi has ever taken another life. You want them to be saying a thousand years from now that no chi ever took a life till we made them killers? I rounded on her, angry. What I don't want a thousand years from now is for people to be saying, too bad about humans, they ended up as dead as the Pemalites. Axe? Jake asked. You haven't said much. Axe was in human morph, of course, since we were in the barn. As you know, we Andalites are not supposed to interfere in the lives of other species. I am already breaking that law with you, and I am proud to be breaking that law in this case. But the chi, chi, it makes a funny sound, doesn't it? Chi. He smiled with his human mouth, then grew serious again. The chi are a different species, older than Andalites. I feel badly helping another species to become violent. Rachel said, Look, no one likes violence, all right? But we didn't ask for this war with the Yurks. When the bad guys come after you, when they start the violence, they leave you no choice. Fight or die. Fight or die, I agreed. And you want proof? Look at the Pemalites. They didn't fight. They died. All gone. No more. Scratch a whole species. Now their essence, whatever that means, is stuck inside dogs, and their robots feed them extra kibble. Yippee! That worked out real well for them. And even that's better off than we'll be if we lose to the Yerks. Law of the jungle, Rachel said. You eat or you're eaten. Maybe so, Tobias said, speaking up for the first time. But still, wouldn't it be nice if that wasn't the law? How can you take that attitude? I demanded. You're a predator. You know how it is. Yes, I know exactly how it is. That doesn't mean I like it. Look, the Pemalites were wiped out. Maybe because they didn't fight. Maybe they'd have lost even if they had fought. We'll never know. But the Chi have lived for thousands of years. I know they're androids, but they're a species too. They've survived without killing. Doesn't something about that make you jealous? Don't you wish we could say the same? Don't you wish Homo sapiens could face the universe and honestly say, We do not kill. We don't enslave. We don't make war. I don't make the rules, I said. I didn't start this war. Humans didn't start this war. Look, I don't want to make this personal, but I know the name Matcom. My dad is involved in some work with them. And the other day Tom... I shot a glance at Jake. His brother was on me to come to the sharing and bring my father. The sharing is targeting my dad, and now we know why. So for me, it's simple. If we take this Pemelite crystal, maybe my dad isn't involved with Matcom anymore, and maybe the Yurks find someone else to infest. No one had an answer to that. I knew they wouldn't. 
Cassie walked down to the far end of the barn and came back carrying a small cage. Total darkness. Can't touch walls, floor, or ceiling. And you have to travel through a room strong with sensitive wires you can't even see. She held up the cage. Meet the animal that can do all that. It was no larger than a small rat with its leathery wings folded back. Cool, I said. First I'm Spider-Man. Now I get to be Batman. Chapter 19 I thought for once we'd get a chance to practice with the Batmorph. We were planning to go after the Pamelite Crystal the next weekend. Plenty of time to plan and prepare. Yeah, right. Marco? My dad yelled up the stairs to my room, where I was desperately trying to figure out some math homework. Yeah? Phone? X equals .039, I reminded myself so I wouldn't lose my place. I went out into the hall and grabbed the upstairs phone. .039. Yeah? Who is it? Hi, Marco. It's me, Eric. Oh, hi, Eric. What's up? I hoped he would remember our phones could be bugged. Not much, he said, sounding very convincingly human. I was just thinking, though. You know that thing we were going to do next weekend? Why don't we just do it tonight instead? I knew what the thing was, and I knew Eric wasn't calling on a whim. Something had gone wrong. I swallowed my heart, which had jumped up into my throat. Okay, maybe I'll call Jake and see if he wants to do it too. That'd be excellent, Eric said. Later, man. I hung up the phone and thought seriously about pretending I hadn't gotten the call. I mean, I wanted to do this. It was important, life and death. But it was like something out of Mission Impossible. And without planning or practice, it was beyond impossible. Plus, I had homework to do. I picked up the phone and called Jake. Four hours later, with all of our parents asleep in their beds, we met at Cassie's barn. All of us, including Axe. Eric arrived last. He didn't waste time with small talk. There's a problem. The Yurks are putting in a brand new security system on top of the existing systems. I don't think it's active yet, but I can't find out what it is. Fine, we can wait a few weeks till you can get the details, Tobias said. The crystal is already so well protected that any new system may put it beyond our grasp for good, Eric said. And don't forget, the Yurks are racing to use the crystal to create a computer system so powerful it can take over every computer on Earth. They're not there yet, but the longer we wait... Oh man, this sucks, I said. No planning? No preparation? Just go in and hope for the best? I'll tell you everything I know, Eric said. Listen carefully. It's not too complicated. For a few seconds, we sort of teetered on the edge. We weren't sure what to do. Eric wanted us to go in, obviously. But he had his own interests, which might not be the same as ours. It was the worst possible situation. Any one of our parents could wake up and discover we were not at home. That would mean frantic phone calls back and forth from our folks to our friends' parents. Calls to the cops. Probably search teams out beating the woods. Go or don't go? Jake asked. Go, Rachel said, but with less enthusiasm than usual. A lot less. Go, I said. But personally, 
I can't blame anyone who wants to sit this one out. Cassie gave me a dirty look. I guess she took it personally. I say go, she said. I don't sit anything out, Marco. I'm not in this, Tobias said. I'm useless on this mission, so I don't vote. I go where Prince Jake goes, Axe said. Don't call me Prince, Jake said warily for the thousandth time. Okay, we go. Eric immediately began telling us all he knew about Matcom and the security for the Pemelite Crystal. After about two minutes, I was ready to change my vote. But by then, it was too late. We'd made our decision, and it was as if we were being swept toward a waterfall, like a bunch of canoeists who had lost their last paddle. We'd survive. Or not. But one thing was for sure. We were definitely going over the edge. Chapter 20 Eric was not going with us, but he would be waiting outside Matcom when we came out. Assuming we came out. We flew from Cassie's barn to the Matcom building. It was one of those boring-looking three-story glass and cement buildings you see in industrial parks everywhere. Just a bunch of blue glass rectangles with a big parking lot in the back. In fact, it looked so much like every other boring square building in the industrial park, we had trouble finding it. We flew around, a lost gang of owls, for a good 15 minutes before Rachel spotted the Matcom sign. We landed on the roof of the building. Eric had assured us there were no cameras or guards up there. Let's find that pipe, Jake whispered as soon as we were all human again. Or in Axe's case, Andalite. Eric said southwest corner, right? I said. At Northwest, Cassie said. She sounded sure, so I decided to agree. Yeah, that was it. Which way is Northwest? Axe laughed in thought speak till he realized I was serious. You can't find directions? He sounded shocked, like he'd just discovered we had hidden tailblades. It's that corner over there. The pipe was about three inches in diameter. I sure hope this works, I said. I don't even know if my Spider-Man can make silk. Spider-Woman, Cassie said. Your Spider-Morph is female. Wolf spiders don't make webs, but they do make silk. It should work. Easy for you to say. I don't even know how to turn on the silk thing. But Axe was already morphing into the wolf spider, so I hurried to catch up. By the time Axe and I were in Spider-Morph, the others had all become cockroaches. Man, you two are ugly at this scale. Rachel said. Geez, I don't ever need to see another spider my own size again. We're ugly? You want to know what you look like right now? You look like dinner, I said, laughing evilly. Juicy cockroaches. This spider morph is hungry, and you look tasty. Marco, get a grip, Jake said patiently. Let's do this. I'll demorph and step on your ugly butt. Rachel growled. From where I was standing in the gravel of the rooftop, the pipe looked like a round skyscraper. It extended above the roof by about a foot, which is quite a distance when you're half an inch high. I scampered around the pipe. Once I had been splashed with tar, it would be easy to grip. I raced easily up the pipe to stand precariously on the lip. I could feel a breeze blowing from the blackness beneath me. It was like standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon. The pipe went down through all three stories and an extra underground story. Four floors, 
Bad enough when you're human size. A million miles when you're a spider. Axe came crawling up to teeter alongside me. Okay, I said. Now comes the fun part. I tried to search the spider brain, looking for the subtle secret signals that would start me spinning silk. Fortunately, the spider wasn't exactly Albert Einstein. It knew how to do about four things, one of which was spin silk. The spider body sort of, well, pushed out a strand of gooey white filament. It stuck to the edge of the pipe. Axe did the same. Well, this is certainly disgusting, I said. Ready, Axe? Yes. Then, yeehaw! I sprang from the lip of the pipe into the darkness. It was so totally Spider-Man. I fell slowly down, 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 twisting and turning my way down the pipe. Behind me, a long white string grew. It braked my fall so that I was dropping in slow motion. The spider eyes were not bad at seeing in the relative dark. A bit of moonlight followed us down part of the way as we dropped. And then it started being fun. I kicked away from the side of the pipe and cartwheeled through the air. My web looped around axes, and soon we were weaving a weird silk rope. It was cool in a way, till I felt a certain emptiness. Axe, I'm running out of web. Yes, me too. How far do you think we've dropped? I don't know. You know which way is northwest, but you don't know how far we've dropped? We could still have two stories to go, I said. I think our plan has a minor flaw, Axe said with his usual understatement. But we are very light, small creatures. We should survive a fall. So should the others in Cockroach Morph. Maybe. See, the problem is, there's only one way to find out if we'll survive. By dropping. Axe didn't say anything. Oh, man. I groaned. I cut the strand of web. And I fell. Down through the darkness, toward a landing I could only hope wouldn't kill me. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, sorry this one got out a little late uh, today. I think I'm still going to get it around on time, but it's a little later than normal. Uh, been kind of a busy week for me. And now I'm super tired, so let's just uh, bang this one out. If you like this, you can give me a rating or review on iTunes. You can tell a friend. You don't have to. If you'd like to contact me, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And be sure to check out my other podcast, OK Crusader. It's We take random characters from the Marvel fan wiki and we rate them on how dateable they are. That's OK Crusader. It can be found, you know, wherever you'd search for a podcast. Just search that. Okie doke. We're uh, almost there, I think. We're almost done with this book. So thanks for hanging in with me, and I will see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>